Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, are there actually teachable moments for the Red Raiders following a 53-point win in week one? Defensive coordinator Tim DeRuder thinks so, and we'll bring you what he has to say. Also, reason for a little Friday party on Locked On Texas Tech. It's an expanded college football playoff. We'll talk about all of the ramifications, what it means for the Red Raiders, and what it could mean for conference realignment. Coming up on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Thanks for joining us once again on Locked On Texas Tech. Your team every day is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Casey Cowan with Chris Level, and today's episode brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app right now. Use promo code LOCKED. That's promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Chris, we have uh, taken some time to really talk a lot of Red Raider football this week as we should with a conference, or I'm sorry, a season opener in the rear view. But something you and I have discussed ad nauseum on local radio airwaves and beyond for a decade and more, really, uh, has now come to fruition, at least on paper, an expanded college football playoff. I think it's a good thing for Texas Tech. We'll get to that coming up. But in general, I think you and I are both probably simpatico and saying, it's a good thing for college football and college football fans. Yeah, I, I have a couple things. One is what took so long with it because they ended up doing exactly what everybody kind of thought or wanted them to do, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe even before that. But but my main issue with the whole announcement is you, you kick that out on a Friday afternoon of a, of a college football weekend. Where, where, where are we in April or June uh, and, and you could you could have let us know. I mean, we, we would have had a field day with it at the time. So it almost as massive as that announcement is, it almost gets buried uh, on a Friday afternoon news dump. I mean, typical True. college football in, in some ways. But to, no, I, I love it, man. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm all about it. And I'd love to get into kind of what they decided. And you're right, how it affects Texas Tech and, and programs like it. Yeah, and I would say that, as you point to there, we're doing something now that not only have fans been clamoring for for a long, long time, but something the likes of guys like BCS Executive Director Bill Hancock say we'd have to crawl over a dead body. Guys like Gordon Gee, E. Gene Smith. Yeah, those types of names. Guys who don't have televisions in their living rooms at home were complete and total obstacles to this. So I will not applaud any of the above to now finally drag this carcass across, hopefully sooner rather than later. And Chris, it is kind of back to you know something we've discussed before, whether it's realignment or television contracts. When there's a will, there's a way. And it seems like regardless of the time period, maybe remaining with some of these agreements sometime, sometimes currently in place. And we've got until 2025 uh, presently with this college football playoff agreement. That kind of goes out the window if they want it to. So you see reports about, yeah, 2026 is the launch date, but typically most of the articles I've read also include the line, unless something is instituted sooner, which leaves it entirely open, of course, to something being instituted sooner, right? 
Yeah, well, I mean, and you know who you know who had this nailed last summer was Bob Bowlesby. This is exactly what he wanted. They did exactly what his suggestion was. Now he he, he faltered at some levels, but he was dead on on this. I mean, he shouldn't be suspending radio announcers or reprimanding people publicly for for <laughs> for, for non for, for easy non, big for, fella easy for, for nonsense, <laughs> uh, which the public <laughs> reprimand is like something that just makes my head want to explode. Anyway, um, uh, but um. Yeah, I, I think this is going to happen sooner than later. I think I think that part is nailed. Here, here's the fascinating thing because I we, we were kind of curious. Okay, if they expand to eight or twelve, you know, they've decided on twelve. How exactly would that look? Like, what, what's the infrastructure of it? Like, how long is there? Bye weeks? Is there how many conference champions do do we have automatic bids? Uh, is there is there some sort of limit on how many teams from one particular league could get in? Right. And what we have is we have the top four teams, uh, you know, getting a bye week. We do have home games with the caveat that if they want to move it to a dome or whatever nearby, that they would be allowed if the weather's going to be bad. Is that <laughs> yeah. coming through the mic? <laughs> Don't screw this up. You have the yeah. chance to have this on campus. That's been one of my like number one wish list items, Chris. Yeah, and, and I, I think what you get is is some of the things that people haven't thought about is you get some of these maybe southern teams that would never go play up north that late in the year because they've never had to True. because their their league doesn't have members up there that you, you could see you know a southern member end up playing a you know north or or maybe even a, a an east coast school getting to play in, in the West coast and get out of their weather you know and go play an opening round game on the west coast who knows but I, I just think it's it's got a little NCAA tournament vibe to it, although oh, yeah. I don't want them to necessarily try to recreate the NCAA tournament. But but here's the thing, too, is that the Big 12, whether they add anybody or not, they they are a player in this thing because their champion will be included in this playoff. Same yep. with the Pac-12. And it makes you wonder about realignment and – and I've got some separate thoughts on the, on the realignment aspect too, but I just think as it relates to the playoff, everybody gets to share in the cash, man. You know, those six or five leagues, the the Power Five, and then that 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 best group of five team, uh, they they get and and these rankings are going to matter now more than ever before, uh, because it's it's about buys and and who gets in and all that. So we're going to be paying attention to these college football rankings and these quote-unquote playoff rankings more so than ever before because used to after about six it's like yeah i don't really care but now right. one through 20 we'll, we'll start paying a lot more attention which in large part is kind of rooted in what was my i guess just biggest point of frustration or one of the many uh huge points of frustration with the arguments against this for so long chris uh, because they would talk about diluting the best regular season in sports, you know, aside from the FCS weekends or the November vacation weekends for the SEC programs. They would talk about somehow lessening a regular season experience that now I only see as strengthened for more fans and more locations further into the season. I, I don't necessarily understand what's bad about any of that. And to bring it on home to Texas Tech, I don't know, you know, as a Tech fan, I really believe that for programs of the ilk of Texas Tech or someone very, very similar, and I swear the spirit of B Bill Hancock must be in the room. I got a fly swarming me. Which one of these guys has <laughs> passed on? I know somebody has kicked a bucket by now. Yeah. Good it's, grief. Uh, 
Um, are you seeing this? This is like a plague upon me. I'm smelling sulfur in the office here because of the way I'm talking about it. But I think programs like Texas Tech, I'll finish the point now that it's gone. <laughs> programs like Texas Tech have always had a better chance on the field, on the scoreboard, than in the boardroom or the committee room. And finally, you're stepping at least to some degree further away from you being profiled and valued within a manila folder. And that's something yeah. I like for the vast majority of college football. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think uh, I, I think that there's some people that have had, man, we're going to get bad playoff games now. You know, what, what I'm, I'm, I'm like, what, what have you been watching for the last eight years? Because there have been a lot of these semifinal games that have just been bad, lopsided. Sure. Uh, pe- people kind of – I think one of the arguments for the 12-team playoff is it eliminates a lot of that gap that we get when people – Kind of okay. We, I'm going to just kind of focus and put the college football toy down a little bit, play with the NFL and play with the holidays and Christmas, and I'll try to ramp it back up. And some people do, but now you're going to have more of a, uh, a structured setup to where you'll kind of just kind of somewhat play straight through. I here were some statistical because I, I I thought the alliance blocked this last year. You know, it, it was the it was the Big Ten and the RIP. ACC and the, yeah, exactly in the Pac-12. So That's they, his they kinda, spirit is flying around in the room. Yeah, it's the is. ghost of the alliance. <laughs> but they 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 threw up the red flag and the and and all that and and got it stopped. Because I think that their fear was mainly the the Big Ten's fear was okay. Well, this is just really a play to get as many SEC teams in this thing as possible. And I think so. What does the Big Ten do? They're like, you know, well, let's go shopping. Let's add to our. Our, our league and all that stuff. But but there's enough data out there that would tell you that of the 12 teams in the last eight years, about six of those bids would, would have come from teams that are currently in the SEC or the Big Ten or, or soon will be, if that makes sense, like include USC, UCLA, and Oklahoma and Texas. So half of the bids – come from from those two leagues again based on the last eight years but I, I the, the number that I saw that that fascinated me and Casey this is to your point about the Red Raiders 41 different programs would have made the playoff in the last eight years under the the what will be the new format 41 different and that has to be music to your ears because you have a legit shot and you don't necessarily have to win your league I would suggest that you do that but if you have a really good year, and you finish second and you're ranked where you need to be and, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I think you get it done because, I mean, Oklahoma State fell short of the goal line last year to win the the Big 12. I think both Baylor and Oklahoma State theoretically could have been in a, in a playoff last year, uh, even even though only one of them won the league. And so yep. I, I just – I think it does. I think it increases your chances. I'm all for more football. It's more money for everybody. It's more TV time for us being able to watch – good stuff i mean sign me up man I see, I see nothing nothing wrong with it whatsoever well and i always i was always a little skeptical of the gap uh whenever it comes to those teams that i guess were qualified or deserved to compete for a championship and those that didn't i mean that point is kicked out you want to talk ad nauseum all day everything. well there's only so many that that actually are of the caliber to even compete for a championship well how the hell do you know well look <laughs> it was one of the four that won it so there's only, you know, roughly four that are qualified to even compete for. Oh, well, that's very convenient for you. But there's a there's an example last year, Chris, of the Georgia Bulldogs being in a much different position uh, than they would be in a previous system. 
by not winning a conference, or I'm sorry, in the future system, by not winning the conference. And there's a gauntlet there for them to run. And what if they don't prove to be the national champions? Well, does that disrupt the entire argument that, no, they clearly were of the caliber that they deserve to compete, even though they might have got beaten in a quarterfinal matchup by Baylor in the playoff system? I, I always thought that was a crock as well and just something to use as an obstacle, primarily by those who are in that group, which is – what, 3% previously of those who participate in the friggin' sport? And that's the other thing that just keeps me from rushing to the altar to bow at these brilliant minds that are now going to bring us this expanded college football playoff. It's 9% still, folks, of those who are strapping it up. That includes Power 5 and Group of 5, but still a tiny percentage allowed to actually have a pathway to a championship, and your regular season is not the playoff, so spare me that. But, Chris, I add the Group of 5 fans. Every group of five fan now has a path when the season starts to potentially play for a championship. And it's going to most often just translate into playoff qualifier. I think we all understand that. But who cares? The path is still there. You've got it in your mind as a fan. Got it in your mind as a player, coach, whatever. I mean, I'm, I know there are going to be some pitfalls to this, and, and time will reveal what those are. But I've, for a long time, had a really hard time reconciling the arguments against these things. You, you know, Callan, here's another point, too. We have seen this trending this way in the last, I don't know, three to four years where we get to the end of the college football season and really good players decide, you know what, I'm not going to play in my team's bowl game. Bingo. I, I, I don't want to do it. I, I think this also opens up to see the better players on more teams finish it out and play in the playoff, you know, for a chance to win the national championship. Uh, and I certainly I don't criticize the, the, those guys that have said, man, you know, it's just because, I mean, you know, here, here in Lubbock last year, we had Eric Izakama, you know, that bailed out of the Liberty Bowl. It didn't, it didn't bother the Red Raiders. They went on to, to, to roll Mississippi State and all that. But I, I think it's, it's, it, it sucks watching, sitting there as a fan anyway, watching bowl games and all that. It's like, well, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so is not going to play. They've opted out. And I get it. And, and they should look out for their best interest. But I think this also opens up a scenario to where you'll see more of those guys opting in and choosing to play and stay with their team and trying to finish it out because they'll have a chance to win a national championship. Only time will tell on that as well. But uh, I would predict that if they continue to opt out the ire of the fans through the roof, because it's no longer like, Oh, we understand you skipping the car wash bowl. You're skipping a quarterfinal match. <laughs> so that could be pretty interesting to watch play out as well. But I'm hoping on the side of, of what you're describing there, and it kind of alleviates what's been a little bit of a a point of frustration, I know, for some. I think I'm all about a good car wash, it, too, man. I'm all about a good car wash. <laughs> I mean, to, cheese its and weed eaters, and oh, there's all kinds of shenanigans, man. I'm, I'm sign me up for a really good car wash, man. Cheese its you know? weed eaters, car washes, and a Jason Morrow throat punch. These are the bold <laughs> memories of our youths and, and mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah, Duke's Mayo. uh, You know the Duke's Mayo Bowl is going nowhere. We're lathering that pigskin up, coming up once again (laughs) this holiday season. Please, God, before we move on, do not screw up the on-campus games. And I would say there probably is a time and a place somewhere for maybe a neutral site of the host choosing. So be it. But, Chris, I I really feel like this was a pipe dream all these years. I have longed for the days of uh, postseason on-campus events. 
And just the imagination runs wild with what that might feel like. And here's the other deal. Why does Atlanta, Georgia, why does Miami, Florida, why do some of these places receive all of this economic benefit when college towns across America, some less than half the size of, of Lubbock, Texas, uh, could be seeing this benefit. So there's a whole lot to like about that aspect as well. Right now they're saying only first round. I'm hoping maybe that's bargained out to a little bit further into the postseason at some point in the future. But I can't believe we're actually we're actually going to get this. This is huge. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one of the the, th- the few things that um, stuck out more than anything else as far as like with with their agreement that they had allowed to do it. I don't know. It may be a ways off before everybody's willing to agree to go play quarter and semifinals and all that all yeah. on home campuses just because. Boy, that I mean, because home field advantage in college football is big. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if they'd ever do that in the college basketball scenario, but I mean, hey, I'll take what I can get. And so far, uh, I, I got to tell you, man, it's uh, and, and it's funny because the, the the top four teams won't even have a home game. It's just those if you're seated five, yeah. six, seven, or eight, that they'll, they'll they're the ones that will benefit and all that economic you know push and all that comes with it. You know that they'll get to they'll get the benefit from all that, and it could be. It could be that one of these group of five teams ends up being one of those hosts too. That's right. <laughs> and I think that would be pretty fascinating uh, to see that as well, because some of those stadiums aren't very big, you know? I mean, so, you know, yeah, maybe that's an appropriate neutral site moment. I don't yeah, know. It's, I mean, my understanding is it's the choice of the host though. So it would be up to Cincinnati or whoever. Well, now granted, you know, Houston, Cincinnati, Central Florida, and BYU, those Monster. types are not going to be, they're not going to be, Group of five, pretty quick. But um, anyway, uh, we'll- I'll let you go back. I'll, I'll let you go back while we talk to the four corners, if you don't mind. You got any buyer's remorse or yeah. uh, whatever? I, yeah. I will say this, though, and you're right about working those on-campus sites further into the postseason. Of course, you got New Year's six bowl games to deal with. And now I'm thinking about the families of those executives and their team-building workshop Caribbean cruises. Yeah, I don't. I don't want that to end for these Fiesta Bowl fat cats. I mean, what was I? What was I thinking? We got to see this continue. Coming up next, let's pivot, but we'll stay within the same ball game here, Chris. I I do want to ask you if this could change concepts of realignment or what a conference needs or doesn't need, or maybe what a university needs out of a conference or doesn't need. And we'll get to a very very interesting comment from Big Twelve Commissioner Brett Yormark coming up ahead. Uh, But first, I want to stop and empathize with you because I know that you, like me, are cringing at the pump. You're cringing at eye-popping checks in your favorite restaurant. Inflation hitting us all where it hurts, and it's hurting really bad right now. That's why I am in on Upside. Upside is an awesome app for everyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out, which is, I don't know, 99.9% of humankind. So with every purchase, earning cash back, Thanks to Upside. And let me tell you, cashback feels good everywhere, but oh boy, does cashback feel good at the gas pump. About as much fun as you can have these days with your clothes on. To get started, download the free Upside app and use our promo code LOCKED. That's promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or more cashback on your first purchase of $10 or more. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. So download that free Upside app today and use promo code LOCKED 
to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's promo code LOCKED and get cash back now with Upside. Also, got to say what up to our friends at Jay's Salsa. Appreciate them for supporting Locked On Texas Tech. This is Red Raider owned and Red Raider proud, Chris. And we mentioned it earlier in the week. Had a few friends dive in. And let me tell you, the reviews, they're raving about what they found with our friends at uh, Jay's Salsa. Yeah, it's it's they're good people. It's a great recipe. It's a great local product, but that product, you know, you can get it in, in Albertsons and HEB and United and Market Streets and all those things across the state of Texas and a lot of places. Um, it's a, it's a red and black jar. So I That's think right. uh, th- there's your hint right there with a big old J on it. Check that thing out. I think you'll really dig it. It's tailgating season. It's going to be tailgating season and chips and so- hot sauce season for uh, a long time. So right. go check out jsalsa.com and uh, we, we would greatly appreciate it. And I know they will. And it's really good stuff. Yeah. And if you're a Red Raider or otherwise, it is the tailgate staple yes. this fall and uh, expecting a hell of a tailgate scene coming up outside the Jones here this weekend. And as Chris mentioned, uh, United Supermarkets, Market Streets, Albertsons Markets, Texas, New Mexico, and also right here in the LBK at HEB. Or check them out. They'll ship anywhere in the U.S. at jsalsacompany.com. That's jsalsacompany.com. Glad to have you with us on Locked On Texas Tech, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day for free, no paywall on YouTube. Subscribe there. We do appreciate those who are saddling up. I got the grandmas subscribed at a family dinner the other night. And if they can do it, Chris, I mean, come on. What's the excuse for anyone else not to? Yeah, it doesn't cost you a thing. But we again, we say this every day. Certainly, have as we kind of got going with this thing. We we really appreciate the support, man. And yeah, I talked to my mom. She's like, well, "Does it help if I listen to it twice?" Thousand <laughs> like, percent. Let's find out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm like, but uh, mom, if you're out there listening, man, we appreciate you. You can even listen to it three times. But uh, yeah, I got the well, dog watching it overnight on repeat. In the yeah, room. that's right. That's right. But yeah, love you, and and thanks to all the peeps out there. Uh, uh, you know, subscribing and listening to us and all that stuff. And and thank you to the people on RedRaiderSports.com. Uh, great Red Raider content and all that stuff that are that are listening to this on a, on a daily basis as well. Yeah, for sure. And uh, if you haven't subscribed, do it now at uh, YouTube or anywhere you find your podcast. And we see all these numbers, and I think it's something like north of 60% of viewers not subscribed. <laughs> do you even live in this neighborhood? <laughs> You're, let's you're, go ahead and rectify that all yeah, right you're you're offended yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go ahead and rectify that yeah. i appreciate those of you who have done that uh, so far and you can tell i really mean it because i am uh, folding my hands in a prayer like gratitude fashion here on uh, youtube uh chris we we're just talking about an expanded playoff and i got to tell you one of those things that has been rolling through my my mind as it relates to the future of the big 12 post texas post oklahoma what does this mean for your path to a championship? Do you have a path to a playoff to begin with? And I always felt like if you wound up in a scenario where the Big 12 has an auto bid, whatever that looks like, 
then the news doesn't have to be so bad for those uh, remaining members. Now, this isn't an auto bid exactly, but it is highest six ranked conference champions. The Pac-12, keep your head on a swivel. You may find yourself out still at some point. I don't know, but I feel pretty good as constituted (laughs) by the current Power 5 structure being within that, right? So it does seem like the Big 12 is going to potentially have that path, which is a good thing uh, for all involved. But I wonder, in that light, do you think it could actually change the way that a conference looks at what they're wanting potentially in realignment or even what a university may looking at, uh, I'm sorry, be looking at and wanting from a conference because the avenues to a championship or the playoff are not exactly the same right now as, as they were thought to be maybe uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, I I, th- I think uh, I think most um, it's an interesting dynamic because we weren't sure if you were going to get automatic bids, and and I think I think if you are looking to add to your league, I, I think you don't feel like now okay I don't I don't have to I, I'm, I'm we're good if we want to tap into that money and and be a part of the, of, of things, but I I. I think that if if there's somebody out there that you want to go add and you feel like it's a no brainer, then then go do it. You know, because you're, you're you're thinking big picture and, and all that. Because what we get into, Casey, is that look, if you start, we, we here, here's what we don't even have from the Big Twelve yet. I don't know what the conference schedule looks like just for next year when we expect there to be 14 teams. I also don't know what it looks like if it's just 12. Whenever Oklahoma and Texas do, are we having divisions? Are we doing pods? Mm-hmm. How many conference games are we going to have? We can have eight. We can have nine. Is there any sort of uh, language in this deal that says, okay, everybody's everybody across the board's got to have this many conference games? You know, because everybody's loaded up their non-conference schedule with with tough non-conference games. Everybody's all at least right. got one that on paper at the time that they schedule it would be worth that extra data point. We've all heard those conversations. Do those philosophies change? Do they need to change? I mean, there's still a lot to kind of be decided and kind of filter through as we get going here uh, because the dynamic has changed a bit. But if you're the Pac-12 and you're the Big 12, you don't necessarily have to add if you don't want to because you're still part of things. I, I would suggest that you do it if you find somebody that makes sense and that you want to grow old with, I, I would say by but all means, extend an invitation. Doesn't it even more so emphasize the need to be additive and not dilutive when it comes to their television value? Uh, any potential? I know that was already a priority, but like even more so like Arizona, are you really kicking us anything? Well, do we feel, I don't know. And I wonder conversely, I mean, is, is Oregon, I don't, did I use that right? Or am I talking about a guy apparently where Chuck Taylor's inversely? Uh, Oregon, Washington, do you want to escape a conference that could be, is it easier to win now? And I, there's a lot of things that seem like they got a little bit more fluid potentially as far as, uh, the, the way you're, you're looking at the path to what's, I don't want to say easiest, but certainly best. And maybe the path of least of resistance. I think a lot of these people, uh, and this is the way I am in life in general. I'm a bird in the hand guy, man. And so, if you tell me, if you tell me I'm, I'm a I'm an admin at, at Oregon or Washington, and you tell me you're going to give me close to eighty to a hundred million a year guaranteed every year, whether I make right. the playoff or not, 
guess what I'm doing? Oregon Trail in reverse, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. East. That's right. It would have been fun to win a natty or play for it. And I know the easier path, but I mean, because you're, you're talking Pac-12, it may be in the 40s or 50s. It's right. not even a decision. True. So I think, you know, and, and keep in mind with the playoff expanding and, and some more money there, if you do go to, you know, uh, the SEC or the, or the Big Ten, that number could eclipse 100 million per year when you start divvying up those monies and they go to to everybody in the league. I don't know, but I'm just saying I that that won't be a reason why they stay put and 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 lock arms with the, their brethren in the Pac-12. No, they're they're going to say, you know, if they ever get an invite, yeah, man, it, it was good knowing you. We appreciate it. Thank you for every, everything you've done. You know, go study hard, rest of you Pac-12 schools. Uh, uh, but we're out. You know, and that that's the way it'll go. And and the Big Twelve. I, I think you still, if you have a if you are in a position to add somebody that you think makes sense, and I think we know some of the schools that won't get a Big Ten invite that yep. do make sense to partner with the the Arizona schools, Utah, and I guess Colorado. I could be talking to that, but I specifically feel really strongly about Utah and Arizona mainly above the others. I think, and I'm always looking for a reason to go to uh, Tempe and Arizona State, so I don't, I don't want to kick them to the curb either. But you'd love to grow old with those schools, and that gives you longevity. It gives you, it makes you, you know, less vulnerable, you know, long term. And I think that potentially when you start dabbling in some of those markets of Salt Lake City, and giving BYU a travel partner, you, you, you've tapped into the whole state of Arizona, potentially the Denver market, all those things that Colorado brings. And, and and with that, you've you've added quite a few late TV times, okay, to to, to your your uh, menu, if you will, that that the TV networks can can pick from. I just think it's smart business, and I don't think I don't think it. Even though you don't need to, I don't think it should prohibit you from wanting to add at all. You're talking about growing old with these guys, and I'm just thinking about four Julia Gulias, and Colorado is the ugliest Julia Gulia of all. I mean, I guess Colorado. We'll let you in. I mean, now that New Mexico has gone the way they have, though, do we really even need to go to Colorado? Well, you're talking football, though. <laughs> I, I guess Colorado, whatever. Well, if you want to, they're come, not come. very good, man. I mean, they're not very good. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just uh, of those four schools that have been talked about so much, I mean, Colorado is a distant last yeah. to me as far now. What I don't have at my disposal is all the TV numbers that come with Denver and. And, and the potential does it move the needle at all? Because I just don't know if 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 they're not you know a, a guaranteed move the needle program. I just don't see the need to to need you know to to add them just because to just this isn't. I mean, you saw yeah. what TCU did to them the other night. Oh, Air Force's Air Force may do the same thing to them this weekend. God bless our servicemen. Hope they do. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, regardless of what you see on paper, you never know what you're in for when you're in Denver. So I wouldn't go just putting the cart before the horse. I'm glad I had a chance to rock that. And you use money's right, I think. I've always wanted to be a guy that was smart enough or, I guess, around money enough to use money's appropriately. That's not easy, folks. <laughs> just kick out money's and it be like on point and not sound weird. Good job, Chris. There you go. Uh, let's get to Brett Yormark, Big 12 Commissioner. The way I interpreted this quote when asked about potential future expansion was, this is how I say Arizona if I have to use as many words as possible. Your mark says, quote, well, I don't want to get into the specifics, and I appreciate the question, but obviously going out west 
is where I would like to go, entering that fourth time zone, as you just alluded to. A program that has national recognition, one that competes at the highest level in basketball and football, stands for the right things, is a good cultural fit, because our alignment right now and the like-mindedness of all our members' institutions is fantastic. It's never been better. So I don't want to compromise that, and that's critically important that there is the right cultural fit when you think about coming in and being part of what we're building here, In quote. He had to mention basketball first for a reason. Nobody does that. <laughs> and, and, he, and he says we want somebody that, that does and stands for the right things. Was that is that how it was phrased in there? That's that's well, don't uh, have you don't have your basketball coach talking to uh, people and get caught by the FBI. You know, I mean, that 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 that, that would be a start. You know, Was maybe that they're wrong. Yeah, they're trying to get that cleaned up. Yeah. Shout out to <laughs> Sean Miller. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're still obviously very good. And uh, I just think it's it's we're, we're in a new day and age of of th this is not how and I hope it doesn't. Because most of this stuff has all happened in the dark. You know, Oklahoma right. and, and Texas, this was just happened in the dark. Nobody knew. And then, bam, here we go. Mm -hmm. Same thing with USC and UCLA. It was just like, excuse me? Like, what happened? And it was, yeah, we'd like to welcome. I mean, it was all like within hours. of It, it was all done. I mean, wrapped up and done. This is a little more out in the open and public, which makes me a bit uneasy about it. However, I think everybody knows the score. I think uh, he's fairly brazen with some of his commentary. We're open for business. We're yep. looking west, and and I think the the, the school presidents who basically Brett Yormark works for Lawrence Skuvenick being one of those. If if they didn't support his stance or his comments, he wouldn't be making them. Good, you point. know. So I, I think uh, I think that that needs to be you know because everybody knows what's up and. You know, the Notre Dame part of this, the Oregon, Washington part of it, and maybe that's Cal and Stanford too. And then, and then what's left, and the, you know, the Big 12 will be able to go shopping from that standpoint. But, um, you know, I, again, I just, I, I, I Brett, Brett Yormark basically should have said, he could have said all that stuff. And he was just like, it would really suck to be Washington State and Oregon State. That's what he should have just said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, because at the end of the day, that 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 part right there, we we can move all the chess pieces around and talk about all these different things and TV networks and Notre Dame and Independence and all this stuff. Bottom, it, nothing has changed, but it would really suck to be Oregon State and Washington State. Sorry, man. I'm just pumped that what I used to beg for, predict in some ways, and kind of I guess now speak into existence is is like almost on the cusp of happening. We've got a little ground to cover, but manifest destiny conference. Is not far away. We've got to cover some final territory out to the Pacific, but you get some of these Arizonas and whatnot on board. And by whatnot, I mean you, Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Manifest Destiny Conference is possible. Uh, so just keep that in mind because I think it'd be a cool name for a league. I really have no other reason other than Central Florida was all of a sudden in the conference. So I thought, all right, got to go to the other side now. Let's go manifest on them. Uh, but it's in progress as we speak. So maybe some things have changed. Uh, as far as the way that you look at ah, the road to a championship impacting what you want in a conference member or the conference you want to be a member of. But I think Chris certainly is right whenever you're talking about what's still, uh, well, making the world go around. And that is straight cash, homie. Speaking of cash, Chris, we're speaking of our friend Armin Williams once again of Schooley Mitchell. He's a Red Raider through and through, and he is saving Red Raiders and beyond cash whenever it comes to the efficiency 
of your business. And uh, Chris, I know a long relationship with you has certainly built some trust uh, with Armin whenever it comes to things like this. Yeah, Ar- Armin used to work with me at RedRaiderSports.com a long time ago. I think maybe 20 years ago. So, yeah, he's been, I've known, known Armin for a long time. He was sitting in the front row of the basketball games when it wasn't necessarily popular to do so. And you, you had some runs, and, and he enjoyed the heck out of it doing that as kind of a fro bro. He was homecoming king and all that stuff was in the going band. And he's just, he, he's Mr. Red Raider uh, to many, but he's been in the radio business for a long time. But now he's kind of doing his own thing and trying to save you money at Schooley Mitchell, but save with Armin.com. And if you own any kind of business and he's trying to help, Red Raiders out there that own their own business, you know, go through various aspects of the way they spend their money and, and it doesn't cost you anything at all. It will only save you money and you share in that cost, but there's no upfront cost. There's no nothing that that uh, just just let him take a look and try to help you. And trust me, he wants to help Texas Tech people more than anything else. So uh, check yeah. out Armin at SaveWithArmin.com. Yeah, and it's important to everyone to be able to trust the guy that they're uh, yes. letting up close to what means the most to them, and 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 that is the business uh, for just about everybody involved in this conversation. And so certainly Armin is one of those that uh, that meets that type of bill. So yeah, SaveWithArmin.com, no upfront costs, all starts with a free analysis, and then they only share in any savings generated. So think about what your business could do with some extra wiggle room and head on over to SaveWithArmin.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked On Texas Tech coming at you. L-O-double-T. With Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for joining us once again. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. Back to plenty more on the Red Raiders and Cougars specifically coming up tomorrow as we get closer to game day. It's Tech in Houston, 3 o'clock from Jones Stadium. But to wrap this one here up, we did want to get back in that frame of mind, Chris, and take a listen to a comment from Texas Tech defensive coordinator Tim DeRuder earlier this week because clearly when it's 63-10 to 10, uh, at the end of the ball game, you may feel pretty good about yourself. You may feel like, uh, there wasn't a whole lot to to correct or, or be coached up on uh, whenever it comes to the following game week. But it doesn't sound like uh, Tim DeRuder, and I'm sure this reflects Joey McGuire and Zach Kitley and everyone else involved, is going to allow that to happen. Here's Coach DeRuder. The fact that it was 63-10 to 10 had to do with our offense being fantastic, and we had an opponent that was a little bit overmatched. We have a lot of things to correct, and – we are going to be harping on our guys this week to correct those things because if we you know, don't get it done, uh, then we're going to have struggles down the season. So uh, our guys know, they knew yesterday when they came in, hey, we're not brushing over anything. We, we're coaching harder this week on those mistakes. We were fortunate you know, we got the win, uh, but we have got to correct those major mistakes 
uh, for us to be the defense, because I think we can be a championship-level defense, but not the way we played on Saturday. The effort was there. Uh, I love that. I think our guys play with effort and energy, but our, our discipline of our eyes and our leverage has got to improve. It is in coaching. It is typically much harder to coach uh, in general, especially like at the high school and college level after a win than it is a loss, just because, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, you can tell them till you're blue in the face, man, competition's about to get tougher, but there's nothing like the motivation of feeling bad after a loss and everybody's down and all those things. But I mean, this is what good coaches do. They, they, they point out, they, they don't let you slide. They, they point out, you know, kind of what you've done wrong and, and let's fix it because, yeah, the competition is going to step up big time. And, and, and this was one of the benefits, Casey, in, in the, a 63 to 10 win. You played 71 guys in this game. Mm-hmm. I don't ever remember that really uh, before. There, there were guys that, uh, that were out there that were not on my spotting board. And usually, like John Harris and I on our spotting boards, we've got, say, maybe. 30 ish guys on each side of the ball. And they're, they're, you know, you got, you got a lot deeper than that just because it's just not realistic that you're going to get many more than that on in, in the game. And so that, that is a, a, a benefit, but yeah, I, I think he knows, you know, look, if you're, if you're Tim DeRuiter, you're saying, okay, our eye discipline, which we talked about a lot this week, we didn't get any takeaways. We didn't hear the purge uh, played over the loudspeakers, uh, which we, we desperately want to hear. And we hear that every day at practice and, <laughs> And, and there's some other things that we need to get fixed, and we've got to get that done because Clayton Toon and the Houston Cougars are coming to town, and then it may even get tougher next week when you're dealing with the Wolfpack of NC State. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it gets real in a hurry, and that's what, you know, some of those things I regret uh, the most about an FCS type of matchup is the flip-the-switch need <laughs> when you go into the next weekend, and it doesn't really resemble much of anything as to what you saw the previous weekend, and that's that's just probably true with like a power five team or maybe even some just group of five non-conference matchups. But I mean, these are top 25 opponents we're talking about here and, and one of them being on the road. So you got your work cut out for you, Chris. I wonder if this is one of those weeks or, or moments uh, where you hope to be able to rely on some, some veteran leadership guys who have been through the process before, because I think it's one of the most understated uh, challenges whenever it comes to sports, maybe particularly football, since you have an entire week to wait between games. But it's the difficulty not only in trying to bounce back from a loss, but trying to bounce back from a win because you've got to keep that edge mentally. So preparing in light of success or adversity uh, bring different challenges, but just as big a challenges, and maybe like you said, even more difficult whenever you have had that success. So on the field, it's got to come from some of those guys in the huddle as well, doesn't it? Holding teammates accountable, things like that. Yeah, and that's where your age is on this football team specifically is on the defensive side. There's a lot of yeah. uh, older older guys in that on that defense, especially in the secondary and up front on that defensive line that have just played a lot of college football here and elsewhere. Uh, and, and, you know, and plenty of guys that played against the University of Houston last year, you know, and so yeah. – uh, yeah, I, I think – and I, I don't know the, the the number, but I think you're getting – you know, close to, to where this thing is sold out. It's not, it's not, I mean, there, there's a, I don't know, a few two, 3,000 seats, I think, left last I heard. Uh, still tickets available, but I mean, the crowd will be a little bit different this week, too. As, mu- as much fun as it was, I think people, the fans know, too, that this is a, it's a big game. This is the kind of game where you better get stuff corrected. You better play hard. The effort better be there. And you better get some takeaways because, 
with how tough your schedule is, if you don't get this one and then you, you, you run the risk of going one and two going up to NC State, if you can't get that one, you mm-hmm. start trying to figure out a way to get six wins and get to a bowl game. But if you get this one and it's in your back pocket, you know you've got a winning non-conference season and you just got to figure out a way to get at least four more in the league. And so th- this is one of those swing games. And I let's be honest, it was a huge difference in your season last year and your ability to get to a bowl game. Yeah. You know, so I, th- I think, you, boy, there, there's sense of urgency needs to be there. But it's just hard to do that after a win. But uh, Coach Druder doing his part, trying to make sure he gets his guys' attention for sure. Yeah, and, and saying they could play at a championship level, but uh, we'll not be able to do it like they did last time around. Well, here's a good opportunity to take a step in the right direction and, hey, hopefully return some sort of home field advantage to your home field, that being Jones Stadium. You know, I'm thinking about ranked wins uh at home have you had one recently chris i remember oklahoma state like in 2019 i think uh yeah iowa state i don't think was last year i don't think um you know they they were you know seven to five team at the end of the year uh but yeah i think yeah it's it's been it's been a minute let's 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 go on and get one i know it's 25 and i know it's uh not a a big 12 foe or anything like that but in state and joey mcguire would chastise me he probably will because i know he listens to this program uh, intently every day for treating them not like a conference opponent right there. That's my bad, Coach. That's my bad. <laughs> Might as well be a Big 12 game you got coming up this weekend. Yep. So why not uh, rip off a, a big win over a ranked opponent? All right, Chris. Uh, appreciate the time here today. Enjoyed it once again. And, and we're close to a big game in Lubbock. we got one more go around here on Locked on Texas Tech tomorrow. We'll have it all covered there. And uh, certainly excited for Joey McGuire's first big chance uh, to really generate goodwill with the fan base as it pertains to on-the-field results because he's done all the good, obviously, off the field. After Locked on Texas Tech today, want to make sure that you guys are making your second listen, the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. You got eight episodes to get you primed and ready for the NFL season with local experts on the ground in NFL cities across America, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Got you covered from every angle. So right now, just search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I've exercised some demons here today, Chris. Sat here the last two-thirds of the show with the fly swatter in my hand. Never saw the spirit of the Alliance again in the room. So I'm feeling good, baby. Thank you for your time, man. I enjoyed it. Keep hope alive. Guns up, people. (laughs) See y'all tomorrow on Locked on Texas Tech. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.